welcome aboard at KTUH. Um, so now we're going to be talking about, um, well, we're going to celebrate, really, because uh, over this whole past school year, I was part of this uh, amazing cohort of um, women and men and just uh, a group on behalf of the EWCPA, the East-West Center Participants Association, um, in initiating a women's group, this international women's group. So I have these two wonderful guests here who are uh, co-initiators with me, and we're going to talk about, um, you know, highlighting the beautiful things we did do in the last uh, school year and and raising the importance of women's issues and, and, and again, encouraging people to voice opinions and, and have discussions about things that relate to um, gender and uh, lots of social issues out there. So with no further ado, let me introduce my two guests. I've got, well, why don't we, I want them to introduce themselves. So let's do that. Um, Summon Haley, welcome, you're on air. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So uh, thank you for joining me today. Um, what, Sam, why don't we tell us sure. where you're from and what you're all about. Right. Thanks, Crystal. Um, I just graduated from the School of Social Sciences and Public Administration, completed my master's degree, and also, um, besides being the co-initiator of the Swiss Center Participant Associations International Women's Group, I am affiliated with the women's department here at UH, uh, completed the advanced certificate program for women's studies, which I'm very grateful for. And um, yep, that's about me. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Haley. All right. Um, I'm uh, currently a master's student here in the Department of Second Language Studies. Uh, and I'm also doing the certificate program in the Women's Studies Department. So aside from uh, being one of the co-initiators of the group, I guess my research um, focuses generally on the intersection of language, power, and, and gender, um, and also on uh, feminist pedagogy and, and sort of teaching practices. Okay, so, and I am also doing my certificate. I'm finishing it with you, Haley. So what is it that brings people like us together and why do we feel it's important to, um, you know, address what it means? What, it, what is uh, women's studies and why is that important in addressing social issues with that context? Sam, mm-hmm. do you have something? To- okay, I think, I think it was, it's about growth. It's about not getting information but gaining the ability and skills to analyze and filter information about feminism. I think that's what women's studies are for and that's what I got out of the program because um, feminism itself, the term is often misled Yes, and um, um, there's a lot of different types because there are 7 billion people in this world so um, lots of different views, lots of different ways to perceive information, um, a lot of things that we can't simply define. But I think feminist theory and really academia about feminism gives you the broad understanding of the purpose of the existence of rights for equality voices. Mm-hmm. It's not about segregating, it's not about perpetuating more violence, but it's about but it's basically about learning to understand the common goal and what 
what we should try to get out of it. So, women's studies, we all gotta study. We all gotta get those certificates if possible, <laughs> so that we understand more about what feminism is really about. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Haley, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, um, so what I really like about the, the program here and the certificate program um, is just how it's given me more of a holistic perspective um, on, on my work. Um, because I think uh, many of us, right, in our own departments, in our own areas of study, uh, we sort of get locked in sometimes um, into one way of maybe sort of like looking at things or analyzing our data. Um, of writing things up that's not necessarily the same, right, in other disciplines. And what I really liked about the Women's Studies program is how interdisciplinary it is uh, and how it gave me sort of the ability and the tools I needed to come at my work from uh, different perspectives and to really go deeper uh, in ways that I wouldn't have been able to um, if I had sort of just stayed within the confines of my own uh, department. Um, so it really challenged the way uh, that I thought about and, and saw things. Um, and also, I mean, just the different people in the department is great too. I, I love being able to meet uh, so many wonderful, empowering individuals who are doing really incredible and, and diverse work. So and it makes you think, right? I mean, any all the, all the different, because there's so many, every uh, person who does kind of go and do research with this in mind has a different lens obviously on what they're using from their perspective mm-hmm. but it opens up your mind to how to approach any issue really so when i think about pedagogy and what you're studying mm-hmm. it is so important to really implement um, women's studies into education growing up and i really th- i don't understand why it's still not being done mm-hmm. and I, I guess the institution you know things need to trickle down but how do, don't you feel this way i mean like growing up in this generation and our world of how gender is perceived and, and treated we this is like a fundamental thing mm-hmm. i feel like it's not mm-hmm. an elective it's not something that oh only people who really kind of want to do women's studies should do isn't this not yeah. it's like you said some everybody should be embracing and yeah. understanding this i second Haley to um it's because in my field uh, i studied public administration so what's the purpose of yeah learn in public administration what do we do yeah we'll learn to make policies inclusive as possible mm. we okay. our goal is to create policies you know uh, make it inclusive uh, analyze it but then also being able to understand feminism research it's it's like a, it opens your eyes you know as a future yeah. public administ- um, public servant um, you see things differently you see issues from a very broader perspective Mm -hmm. where you kind of start seeing the silenced before I never used to see it it's you know you fully believe in policy you you read reports government reports of course it's there's a lot of good things about that but you're you gain the ability and skill to really see what's missing out and then just the fact that um, a person who identify herself and himself as a feminist being able to contribute to their field with these you know academic perspectives as well as professional perspectives i think that's very important yeah because it's not everything's very fluid now the world is changing voices are heard so i think it's very important to contribute your voice as well as your um 
professionalism as well. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned, you know, this, this silent space does not distinguish female or male or whatever gender you are. And so that's why people have this misconcept of mm-hmm. what feminist theory or feminism is. And they go, oh, it's not for me. But when you say silent spaces, it's like your lens and how you, you know, Kathy Ferguson, she's an amazing professor here. And she's always trying to train us to look mm-hmm. for the missing things. But it takes time. It's a very difficult thing to mm-hmm. do. But once you start shifting your lens, you go, "Ooh, yeah, that's missing. How come they don't have that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why are we dealing with this mm-hmm. without that? I mean, all of a sudden, it just like things open up, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And it's because I think we're often not taught to question things or look at things in that True. way. And one reason is because, I mean, if we're not questioning it, then that keeps in place sort of the structures and the powers that we're working under. Right. Um, that could, you know, that are often potentially uh, oppressive. Yeah. So that's why it is so important. And, and interesting and, once you see that lens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So let's talk a little, well, let's take a little quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about um, our this international women's group and, and the amazing type of... Um, discussions we've been able to bring together to kind of address these um, so-called silent spaces or things that we think are not important and and when you think about it it's like whoa this is something really important to address so I've got a lot of uh, important things to talk about so don't go away you're listening to K2H and I'm here with Solomon Haley talking about um, celebrating the woman's voice in so many ways Wow. Okay, well, that was Nancy Sinatra. Sorry. (laughs) I can't, you know, I always say that um, women are very good uh, multitaskers, but I, for the life of me, cannot juggle technical and and speak intelligently at the same time. But um, I just wanted to share that we have just had a caller, and I'm sorry that I didn't figure out how to put him on air, but Edward Hulls just called in to um, share his appreciation for what we're talking about now um, and thought that both of you are very intelligent in speaking, and he wanted to say that um, there is something about women um, he said that he w- he's he was labeled as a chauvinist because he's a surfer, typical, you know, male, um, and and I don't want to misstate what he said, but he basically said he really appreciated how you're shifting the lens and how this consciousness is important in addressing all this. And and he's saying, yeah, he's also on his side, maybe probably has been mislabeled as mm-hmm. a chauvinist, perhaps mm-hmm. just because of the way he is, um, you know, yeah. as a masculine being in a certain kind of a very binary world. Yeah, definitely. Gender stereotypes go always, right? Yeah, we don't yeah. think about like who mm-hmm. on which side are affected or how mm-hmm. people are perceived because it goes th- both ways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's harmful to everyone. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So let's continue on. Um, so we are addressing um, the importance of, of this lens to to sift through these um, spaces that aren't obvious to many people, but it's there. Problematic ways of um, seeing gender, perhaps. Uh, let's go through what kind of examples of discussions we've had in the year to kind of highlight and maybe discuss how that may be help us to trigger uh, a different way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, could, what was the first? Do you guys have a favorite from this last year? Mm-hmm. Are you? We, okay, I can. I, I liked them all. I can talk about a few highlights <laughs> okay, if you want. Okay, okay, go ahead, please, please. <laughs> or we can talk about a few yeah. highlights. 
Um, so one event that we did uh, that I really appreciated and really, really loved was we had a film screening um, about um, this documentary called Rise of the Wahine. Um, and the director, Dean, uh, he was wonderful. He came and he, he talked after the film. And um, so it was really just this wonderful film about Title IX and uh, about the Rainbow Warriors here at, at UH. Um, in sort of their contribution um, to creating more gender equality in sports. And what was great about that event was that we had community members um, from all walks of life, um, all ages come together and watch this documentary and had a discussion uh, about it afterwards. And so it was really just wonderful seeing such a diverse group of people come together uh, and be able to talk about important issues. Mm, okay. So that was one of my favorites. Yeah. Sam, do you have a favorite? Yeah, um, I think I would go back to our very first event, actually. Mm. So, um, since people are listening, I would like to also give a little introduction about what the group is and what we're yeah, that's about. a great start. So we all, the we're all under the umbrella of the East West Center Participant Association. East West Center is a it is a Congress um, nonprofit. Um, one of the headquarters are located in Honolulu, so our education program um, administers the participant association. So last year, we, us three, we had the idea of um, perhaps creating a space for space that's not, that doesn't segregate, you know, mm -hmm. a space that doesn't create more gender segregation when our goal is for inclusivity. So the group um, started striving because we had so many people wanted to share their ideas and also not just share their voices but also at the same time create a space that we respect one another that was really important and our very first event that was um, celebrating the transgender day of remembrance that was mm, my favorite actually because, yeah. yeah you remember mm -hmm because it was one of our first events and then we wanted to create safer spaces beginning with the space we have mm -hmm. yeah. because we all have to start small yeah. and then it really brought a lot of reconsideration for the center also and for us to rethink on perhaps the wordings we use mm -hmm. and then how binary things are when we also um, call out for certain things and we use very binary language ourselves mm -hmm, too. Mm -hmm. So it really brought up a whole new platform for us, um, for the International Women's Group to attract more members towards our really initial goal. I just wanted to add, because I'm just remembering now, refreshing my memory of the three guests we had at that time. Yeah. Um, we had, because we had a visiting, it was during the International Film Festival, and we had we were lucky to have one of the, the main um, uh, subjects in this documentary. Do you remember what the film yeah. is called? Yeah, ladies and ladies in waiting. Yeah. So from Tonga, mm -hmm. uh, transsexual Joey, right? Um, which brought in a cultural level to the conversation, which I think we often missing. We always, you know, approach gender issues or we approach cultural issues, but then that whole combination and complexity, how that, you know, the comp the, the, the difficulties that she may have um, had to deal with in her own culture, mm -hmm. as opposed to us here or anywhere else you know, brings another dimension to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And we also had Todd Farley, who's a 
um, he's a PhD mm-hmm. master in. He you know, finished. Yeah, yeah, he just finished. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And then the interesting, interesting topic he brought up to the conversation discussion was he was a pastor himself. Yeah. So he also studies the relationship between religion yes. and mm. gender. It was really eye-opening, and um, we had uh, many of our members um, really approaching Todd for um, not only academic help mm-hmm. but also. Um, a lot of mentoring for our personal the struggles we go through. Mm. So it was this was not just an event that stopped after it happened, but I think um, it created a lot of ripple effect where um, it built lots of trust and respect yeah. amongst a- our um, community. Speaking yeah. of Todd, um, so he you know he was married before and he has children, mm-hmm. and the, the with his PhD in theater and, and embracing gender issues into theater, I think is really really. Um, huge and uh, it's just using a creativity mm-hmm. to channel issues that you're addressing in your life and I think that's just not um, celebrated enough mm-hmm. you know we always look at like leadership in the political world but I think the creativity side is really underappreciated I just wanted to mm-hmm. say that yeah and I just also want to give a shout out to our third speaker at that event yeah um, was Ava Ladner and it was great to have her there um so that's one of the things too that I want to highlight about our group is that it's uh completely student run um it's really a sort of grassroots group Mm -hmm. and um something that we always try to do is uh bring in students whose work um connects to the theme uh, for that evening and I think that for me that's been one of the most beneficial aspects of it is um, bringing together people from different academic universes and communities um, to talk and and share um, about these important issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them have impacted me in such such deep ways. I keep finding myself referring back to Dr. Latharge. I always say her name wrong. Delargy. I keep thinking Latharge. Delargy, a a feminist humanitarian who came here to speak um, of, like, the issues that why women are more victimized than men, oftentimes in situations of, of, you know, traumatic kind of... situations exactly and you don't think about it and again going back to some your point about not seeing the silent spaces and then when she brings attention to oh why was why was she tangled in there and because of her hair or because Mm -hmm. of her sorry it's like it just hits me so deep that we don't think about those things as part of issues you know Mm -hmm. so that that's my that was one of my strongest what about um some other ones. I think we should talk about uh, Madame Gandhi. Yeah, Madame Gandhi was. Um, she was great. <laughs> so you want to explain who she is? She's like this rebel. Um, my goodness, a Harvard grad, rebel, Indian descent, feminist. New Yorker. A New Yorker ad- advocate. <laughs> Fame, she's quite well known for her, what did she call it, um, a marathon, the bleeding, free bleeding, free bleeding mm-hmm. marathon runner. And um, I think that was just such a great uh, example of how she totally embraced her, her woman, her womanness mm-hmm. by saying, hey, you know, I, I am a woman, I bleed, and it's okay to. So she ran the marathon without having any, um, I guess, uh, 
she, she didn't use anything and she yeah. just kind of just to remind people of this reality that we women mm -hmm. deal with on a normal basis yeah one thing she said that really hit me she said um, I wanted to remind people that women do amazing things every day on their period <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so she did yeah. she ran a marathon yeah. that is amazing and then it brought to our first uh, interview on ThinkTech uh, way back about the impact of feminine hygiene from a cultural perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Some you were talking about that's like why, in Mongolia. Yeah, like thinking back on our events, that's why, um, that's the purpose of our international women's group because uh, it is a feminist-rooted um, group, but at the same time, uh, we try to bring guests from different types of views. So radical feminists, we have feminist theorists, we have scholars, mm -hmm. we have professionals, we have people who's worked with UN women for over 20 years, we have people, uh, lawmakers, policymakers, mm -hmm. activists. So mm -hmm. that's the purpose of our group where that's the diversity we have to bring to the table mm -hmm. to understand feminism beyond classroom, mm -hmm. also beyond our own beliefs mm -hmm. that we stick to. So um, just um, talking back about our events throughout the last year, it just kind of reminds me how much of a diverse events we actually yeah. held with such a professionally diverse group of people yeah, as well, including lots of other guests. Yeah. And, and bringing in the students from different, because the East-West Center has a very unique way of bringing in um, many participants from different countries, particularly mm -hmm. in Asia, right? And so they're doing an extensive research on their own things, but they're bringing their voice um, to UH in connection to the, the topics that we choose to mm -hmm. kind of highlight. And it really brings a depth of perspective, you know, I can't even count like the different types of nationalities that are represented, but to hear their voices is so important and valuable. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember some of them, but the last, the last um, one we had, um, who, which countries did we have representation from? Do you remember? Well, the center we currently have um, over forty countries from over twenty-five disciplinary fields. Yeah. So, um, well, it's really interesting because. We are all grad students, so what do we do? What are we good at? We're good at reading and we're good at analyzing, synthesizing. <laughs> but then at the same time, we're human beings too, so we mm -hmm. have fun. We have, <laughs> we want to talk about things that, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, besides reading books and reading theories. So I think that's the beauty of how the, the melting pot of professionals and academics from over 40 countries that's pretty incredible mm -hmm. because we live and we see we mostly see our indifferences rather than seeing our differences right see, because i personally see a lot of uh, cultural similarities from mm. many different countries which i used to think probably my country is the only country people who think this way mm. but it's it's not that case so it kind of also at the same time opens up your eyes to have um, not different views but it kind of opens your eyes to identifying differences yeah we're all perhaps the same mm -hmm. yeah. well let's open up people's ears to a little different type of music Sam we have a, yeah. a selection of Mongolian music from your country do you want to say anything a little bit about it before I play it and um, what this um, is oh this is a, this is an artist I like um, she's very big there her name is Oka so this is a this was a big hit when I was there two years ago. 
So I hope you guys enjoy it. It's pop music. <laughs> we do need parental discretion because sometimes, you know, with free-flowing voices of articulate women, anything can come out. <laughs> well, it's not just women. See, then again, this whole gender thing, this consciousness of how we speak and how we address and how we include or exclude is something that needs to be an ongoing narrative. And that's why I'm here in the room um, at K2H with uh, Som and Haley, grad students, um, and co-initiators of the International Women's Group at the uh, EWCPA. Now, before the break, we were talking about and highlighting the kind of really wonderful um, events that we had uh, presented to to, to engage in d- important discussion about women's issues, um, or not n- women's issues, but gender issues, or issues that relate and affect people differently. Now, um, you know, this is an ongoing process, and so... I think bottom line really is the sense of empowerment. I think this word is something that um, some people don't really know how to take on. Uh, so, Sam and Haley, let's let's bring it back to you um, and how you think this whole process being perhaps um, part of this journey in creating this woman's um, international woman's group uh, space, the safe space to talk. How has that empowered you both um, in addressing issues and going forward? And has that changed you at all? All right, good question. I think it all starts with how we define empowerment first. Okay. So because it changes, um, because our values change in time, mm-hmm. it kind of shifts. So compared to my personal experience, um, I don't think I cared deeply as deeply as I care now about women's empowerment because first I didn't have much knowledge. I didn't have much experience because I was... It wasn't time. It wasn't the time I see things differently. Where now I am more critical about seeing perhaps silences mm-hmm. in societies. <clears throat> so my journey throughout the past one year um, with the International Women's Group, I think it empowered me compared to how. Um, we empowered other people. I think it really empowered me to um, also learn uh, that there's so much more that I need to um, improve. Um, And then at the same time, because I am in the public service, um, I am a public administrator, it's very important to keep getting empowered so that I some t- I somehow might use it for my contribution for the positive impact I want to change in any societies. But in your society in particular, because you're leaving, you're going back to Mongolia. Yeah. So how do you apply, you know, this freedom of how what we've been kind of discussing and bringing on board and, mm-hmm. and the empowerment of even having this platform to your country and building that from mm-hmm. scratch? Yeah, that's that's another good question because I think imp- just like feminism, I think empowerment itself has different meanings in different locations. Right. Yeah. So to me the because it brings up the transnational perspective that we have to be culturally sensitive and then women's empowerment or men's empowerment um it's perhaps very different because the issues are different. The issues women face in different locations, perhaps in different cultures, 
might not be issues in a different right. setting. Absolutely. So it's it's a, I think it's about being um, culturally sensitive. So I am going to keep that in mind when I return to Mongolia, and um, I think I think that's empowerment because you learn to shift, you learn to think and be culturally sensitive, and then. Uh, know what to apply, what yeah. not to apply. Yeah. I think that's empowerment itself, because um, because that's the process of learning. That's yeah. the process of getting empowered, right? And I think yeah. we really don't. I think this is going to come to you even more so when you leave. Is the enrichment we all got from the very intercultural kind of groupings that we've had? Because mm-hmm. it does. It brings a sensitivity to mm-hmm. different cultural perspectives, and mm-hmm. how we need to take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to. Because we have to be sensitive. Because it shows respect, right? We don't want to appropriate different cultures. Mm-hmm. So that's what international women's group taught us it taught me what to say what not to say um, to understand and respect different cultures um, race ethnic issues also class issues and mm-hmm. also religious issues mm-hmm. that all intertwines with yeah. uh, women's issues too so I think that's what kept me getting empowered to really strive for learning more yeah. yeah, and I just wanted to bring in, I forgot the name of the girl who spoke on one of our more recent um, groups um, from Japan, and she was kind of explaining her her experience as, as being a, a studying law in a very male chauvinist society, and how she really felt that going against her, and how when she came here, she was liberated to be able to talk about it. So the, the voice itself, you know, to being able to share that was an important empowerment, mm-hmm. you know, the safe in space. her process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Haley? Yeah, so I think for me what has been empowering has just been that opportunity to actually take action and create a physical space Um, Mm. because there are lots of sort of mega narratives um, running around about uh, how we should or shouldn't be and mm-hmm. I found myself sort of just, you know, hitting my head against the wall and in, in, in being upset <laughs> about a, a lot of issues. Um, and but not having really a space where I felt like I could express that or, or talk about it. Um, and so being able to assert ourselves and make our own sort of platform and physical space where we can come together um, and talk about these issues um, in a way that we, we want to was very empowering. Uh, at the same time, I think you guys are hitting on something in, important that I try to keep, I try to consider and that I think we should take into consideration is that um, we're also in a place of very privileged empowerment. Mm. So, um, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a white woman. Uh, come from middle class family mm-hmm. I'm getting a graduate degree education mm-hmm. so it wasn't difficult for me to sort of implement the action once I decided I, I wanted to right mm-hmm. um, and so I I am privileged in the sense that it was easier for me to, to take action where other people might not be in that in that same situation 
um, and I think the women's group and sort of the process of helping co-initiate that has helped me um, to sort of more critically examine um, myself and my own place also and that's something that I hope to take with me then when I'm working in other different contexts. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and I wanted to bring up um, one of our other guests that we didn't really mention earlier is Justice McKenna. Justice Sabrina McKenna who came to share her experience you know going to she went to UH yeah on a scholarship because of Title IX too that was all kind mm-hmm. of the connection but her space um, as a woman during the time when she did get into the justice system when it was you know grossly um, male dominated um, and and her experience going to different countries like uh, India and, and Japan where she would speak and people say well we have like three three female politicians on our board and so she would challenge that and say well three that's just a token I mean what you just have your one thing and then then that's good Um, she brought awareness to us that it's not amount of numbers empowerment is kind of a process right it's it's and her process empowering herself in her gender to come out in 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 a society that's still not quite very embracing of of different gender um dynamics and you know it's it, she's just opened up my eyes on how leadership what leadership means too to have a voice to be able to encompass all that i don't know if you agree or not but i think it's really impactful I mean, the, for me the, the empowerment mm-hmm. aspect is being able to have you said that privileged voice but based on your experiences to even go further with it mm-hmm. and dare to say things that you think shouldn't come out there are a lot of sensitive issues that we've talked about in the last year I want to say and perhaps sometimes you felt that maybe we might have gone overboard but how do we do we draw the line you know sensitivities to sexuality issues um, body issues because there are cultural contexts and there's gender context how do you feel about that and how do you think this safe space is the place or even outside how do people address sensitive issues that are always still being um, challenged and and brought down and discriminated outside so I think one of the great things about the space we created um, is not so much the fact that it gave us a platform for talking about controversial issues is that it gave us a platform to also listen to different people's perspectives on those issues um, because I do not support controversy for the sake of controversy mm-hmm. um, I don't think that's gonna help us get anywhere in, in solving controversial issues um, but if you have a space where people can talk about controversial issues that are important to them and you can bring people from different backgrounds and different disciplines together, uh, then you can practice listening actively and compassionately and openly openly uh, to other people. Um, and I think that's how you start. Um, by talking about you know issues, but maybe so. some people outside don't have that privilege of a safe space. We have it here at UH. Mm-hmm. How do we uh, how do we encourage people to um, find or create safe spaces outside of campus? Because like I said, you know, Sam, you're going back to your country. Haley, I, I also wanted to ask you about your the influence of having lived in France for several years and that how that kind of affected or impacted the way you view the mm-hmm. woman's voice too. Um, and how do we how do we find these spaces outside of school? Mm-hmm. I think well, because I'm a because I studied public administration um, and I've worked with the government for a while. Policies really help. Okay. Regulations. 
Okay, so for example, um, if you travel to different different parts of the world, um, depending on the regulations and how it's enforced, um, the level of your safety depends on those. So, for example, when I first came to UH, for example, um, I felt pretty safe compared to different places that I've been to in different regions of the world because policies and regulations, there's Title IX, there's campus security, mm -hmm. there's also um, rules, a code of conduct where you, you can't whistle at girls, you know. Um, I think it's pretty campus UH-wise, uh, I personally felt safe. So, you know, talking about outside the U.S. or outside campus, schools are different in different countries. Um, some countries do not have regulations because they don't think it's necessary. They don't, maybe harassment is um, very silenced, but in different countries it's, um, it's very promoted to speak about it so that the policies and regulations can actually do something about it. So because I'm not an American, I can't really speak for how security safetyness should be applied outside campus, but based on my academic background, I think regulation, code of conduct, and its enforcement play a major role. It's very important because with that, it creates safe spaces. It actually makes it, it the energy goes. So mm. compared to different campuses that I've been to outside the US, um, I felt very safe at UH. Yeah, mm. you yeah, know, again, yeah. we're privileged. But Haley, what do you again, think? What are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, I'm an educator, yeah, <laughs> and I work in the education sector. Um, so I definitely think that the classroom is one place that we can start um, in maybe trying to reform some of our <laughs> systems mm -hmm. of education. Please, um, I think uh, it has to be a bottom-up and a top-down movement. So from the administration, um, but also individual teachers. Uh, the problem is, is that there's maybe teachers are you know undervalued. Um, resourced um, and they maybe aren't given the sort of professional development um, or workshops that um, could help them in trying to um, create more equitable classrooms um, and maybe if they had access to, to some of that 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 would would help so I think yeah education is one place one of many places where that could start yeah, and I just wanted to add on my side in my field of doing in filmmaking mm -hmm. that the creative world is a huge platform to provide voices and you just don't realize that sometimes people take it for entertainment value, fine. But if there are spaces in these stories that reveal a different part of history, reveal personal stories of women that are so vital in, um, in just reinterpreting life and history, it, it is so important. Um, and that, again, brings us all together um, through seemingly harmless entertainment but um, there should be I think all filmmakers um, writers mm -hmm. uh, professors whatever profession should have some form of intent 
in providing that you know that important space mm -hmm. for these issues so that's just my take on it too um just to wrap it up i know everyone's off for the summer too and i just wanted to see what you both are up to and how you can encourage um people out there to um embrace their empowerment for whatever it's worth you know man woman trans whatever people are and what age i think age is another issue we're missing here is mm -hmm. what phase in your life do you feel you want to re-empower yourself and how we go about celebrating all the wonderful things we have yeah Go on. <laughs> uh, okay, so summer plans, right? That was the first part of the question. Um, so this summer, I'm actually going to be uh, in, in Copenhagen uh, for the majority of the summer. So I'll be participating in a wonderful fellowship program called Humanity in Action. Um, and essentially, uh, they uh, take fellows, um, so young professionals and academics um, from uh, different countries uh, and they come together in several different cities uh, across Europe and in the United States and then they use that city uh, so for me and with uh, my cohort of fellows uh, in Copenhagen as sort of a case study for human rights abuses so mm. past human rights abuses and um, modern day human rights abuses and issues within that country um, and so they they raise a lot of important questions um, about uh, human rights abuses and uh, they take you to different sites for, for different case studies um, and so I'm really looking forward to that. So I'll be there most of the summer and doing a little traveling, visiting some friends because as you said I, I lived in Europe before I yeah, came Yeah, I wanted here, to answer so. that. And I wanted you to answer that too quickly. What was that? How the living in Europe for several years has influenced you or opened up your kind of concept because I always have this impression um, that European women are so open and just, you know, I, I don't know, I guess it's a stereotype too, but I feel like <laughs> there's got to be an influence of that in how you approach things. Um I mean, I think living in a different country, so like anybody who's lived in a different country or has learned um, another language, it definitely opens your eyes uh, um, up to different perspectives, different ways of seeing the world, different ways of, of interacting with the world. Uh, so that uh, affected me uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I think too sometimes we go into or we go to a different place and we have sort of this uh, this fantasy or this idea about how somewhere else might be different mm -hmm. uh, or, or might be better um, and so when I first moved to France my gosh how old was I I, I moved there right after graduating right after finishing uh, my grad school so I was still pretty young early 20s um, and I did have this sort of fantasy idea of how France was going to be uh -huh. and when I got there I um, was confronted with uh, a lot of sexism, mm. um, a lot of racism, hmm. um, and how so? Um, just in, <laughs> in everyday, like for example, uh, I had a boss who refused to shake my hand because I was a woman. Um, wow. Yeah, people who would yeah make racist comments, and I think you know, and and these are things that happen here too, and there are yeah. things that I've I've been confronted with, but because I had this sort of fantasy idea of what it was going to be like to live in France, um, I think it, it affected me. Um, even more so and it's just that realization that you know these things exist everywhere um, humans are always going to be obsessed with you know power and you know uh, these systems and they they're everywhere um, and so 
you can't get away from it and so that's why it's important to know how in, to engage with them when you're confronted with them yeah um and i think that that was you know that realization um i had while i was overseas huh. um but then of course also it just gave me um the opportunity uh to engage with people from different parts of the world and and to build a cultural sensitivity as yeah. well so yeah. yeah okay and even more the reason for um the education going back to your pedagogy mm. of of younger there's no such thing as not old enough to understand concepts of respect you know and it has to happen in mm. schools mm. and at home so mm. i just wanted to add that in mm. some where are you going um my summer well my summer's going to be in mongolia i'm from the capital city so um yeah i plan on because my research and my um, master's capstone project focused on domestic violence including child abuse and neglect and intimate partner violence I my plans are to focus on my nonprofit in gender equality so I specifically want to focus on um, like you mentioned um, ironically about campus and school safety spaces uh -huh. because I think it starts as a habit uh, when we're young um, because for example in my case I uh, I went to school in Scotland and then I also went to high school in America but then I also spent majority of my high school and middle school in Mongolia so I was kind of able to grasp the differences of um, differences of the feeling of safetyness in school spaces, in classroom. Mm. So there are very, it's it was very different. Perhaps it was a different time, but um, I think that's where it starts in the classroom, where you kind of, as a young child, you kind of get the understanding of what's appropriate. Uh, so if you if you whistle at a girl, uh, if you think if your mates approve it, it's appropriate. So. Um, that's where my nonprofit's going to focus on. Um, try to try to change that social norms that kids they don't know it. So we have to teach kids. Yeah, that's right. And education curriculums lack that. Yeah. So that's where what my project's going to look like, hopefully. And yeah, very excited and um, keep getting empowered. Yeah, on to learn more. It's all a journey, isn't it? It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't stop. You know, we enrich ourselves. And you mentioned earlier in the interview that you know your sense of um, concept of empowerment started later, but you actually probably had it all along. You just didn't realize in exactly. what phase you were yeah. in, and the influence of the different cultures both of you have been influenced by from traveling. Not everybody has the privilege to be able to travel, but to embrace different types of people mm -hmm. and and of all walks of life. I think that's really also important mm -hmm. because you know you don't have perspective if you don't see things right. You can live in your own little bubble. That's true. Especially in academia. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, criticize what we're doing here, but at the same time, we have to look beyond that. And that's why we appreciate being here, but it extends way beyond. And I hope that people kind of take it to that level because there's no point in being in a safe space if you don't really understand what's outside that safe space mm -hmm. right i have to go back to kathy ferguson always you know you, you don't see the missing part unless you see what's defining that mm -hmm. all the problems around it so um i think both of you are amazing women who are um, doing something that are going to make a difference 
in so this world. Yeah. Well, you know, you we continue. <laughs> let's hope we let's hope that we continue providing a voice to address um, important issues, um, especially pertaining to women and gender. And I appreciate both of you. I'm going to miss you dearly, Som and Haley. I look forward to continuing this international women's group with you following next year. Um, this is my um, last interview show before the summer break, and I'll be coming back. But we will be uh, resuming with more important. Uh, socially important issues to address and I'm going to hand it over to Taylor soon for her section um, so thank you so much and again this is uh, yeah this is really important stuff so I hope people do keep tuning into KTUH for the people for us as students for you out there for whatever walks of life you're on you know we're all people we're all connected whether you like it or not so this is Daya uh Sit still, look pretty, uh, suggested by Haley. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, peace be with you. <laughs>